the Big Bets on Campus podcast. 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 All right, here we go. Welcome to the Big Bets on Campus podcast. This is the Group of Five Deep Dive. I'm your co-host, Mike Calabrese, and the Dan LaFever to my Michael the Burner Turner, Mike Ionello here in the flesh, along with our stat sheet stuffer, I guess, if I had to give you a, a player of Mac lore, I'll go Khalil Mack for Stucky. I feel like you are outsized talent here playing in the G5 podcast. It feels good. It's second day in a row. I'm a guest on the college podcast, which... I've been recording college podcasts for action. Before it was Action Network, Sports Action, when we first started six years now. And yesterday was the first time I was a guest on the college. And uh, you did a good job, and I felt good. So I'm glad to be back to talk. Maction, every degenerate's favorite conference. Ainella, what are your thoughts on getting into Maction long before they move the action to Tuesday nights? Maction, I think, is is every gambler's favorite conference. I don't know about you guys, but I actually feel like it's my favorite to bet on week to week but my least favorite to bet on a, from a futures perspective, because you just go into everything being like, who the hell knows? I mean, eight of the 12 teams in the Mac have a win total at either five and a half or six and a half. <laughs> so it is just anyone could go bowling, but it is an honor to be joined by Stucky. If you guys haven't read his Mac manif- manifesto, I'm pretty sure that's actually the first time I found action network was Stucky's Mac manifesto. Well, I should get a, a bonus time. then for you should you get commission. You. But I actually love the fact. I mean, I spent a lot of time in the Mac. I love it, and I, all the conference realignment stuff. Just I don't care. Um, just don't take away the Mac and don't take away weekday Mac. But I, I actually love the uncertainty, and this is the conference, and we'll get into it. To take shots. <laughs> Two years ago, I hit Ball State fourteen to one. Last year, should have hit Kent State. I got them fifteen to one, and that damn Northern Illinois team got me for like the fiftieth time in the uh, conference championship, despite being an underdog. Uh, so, yeah, I, this is the conference to take darts, to throw darts in, because you can see Central Michigan, like three years ago, when new coach won it, I think 2019, they were 50-1 to preseason to win the MAC. So, like, we'll get into some potential darts. I have one that I already fired. Uh, I'm excited to talk some action. With, yeah, I mean, Stucky just alluded to it with the conference realignment, UCLA in the Big Ten, Oklahoma to be in the SEC. I feel like in the same way that archaeologists dig through a city and then they're like, oh, if we go another 10 feet down, there's a perfectly intact city right below that. That is the Mac. It's the same teams. There's no one getting plucked, no one getting added in. There's always some rumors, you know, year over year that Western Kentucky or Middle Tennessee are going to join. Not this year. So we got these 12 teams. Let's hop into it, starting with the West. Got some unfinished business here in Toledo. Let's start with the best of the best. Toledo, win total set at eight and a half. The unders juiced at minus 120, three to one to win the MAC. SP plus offensive efficiency, 87th. I think that's doing them a disservice. 25th on the defensive side of the ball. And I'll run through kind of their overview quickly here. Eight return on offense, seven on defense. Nearly upset Notre Dame last fall. 
in my opinion, this running game could be special. They have a veteran O-line, a, a really nice running back room made only stronger by the addition of Penny Boone, a transfer from Maryland, who could be a nice goal line option at 6'1", 245. And then, you know, you have Daquan Finn, who accounted for, oh, no problem, 27 total touchdowns against three total turnovers last year. If there was ever an offense to carry Jason Candle across the threshold, get him that MAC championship, this is it. The defense last year was was great against the pass, at least, and that was because of their pass rush, three sacks per game, 18th nationally. Jamal Hines, Jaswan Johnson are back to rack up more pressure. And what I like, you know, in college football, particularly at the G5 level, it's rare that you get that de facto preseason. They get Long Island, go Sharks, then UMass as a preseason, then at Ohio State, at San Diego State. If they can win at San Diego State, a three and one start, I think, you know, absolutely bodes well for a nine or 10 win season, has that in the bag, and no Miami of Ohio in the crossover. So I'll kick it to you first, Stucky. Are you as bullish on the Rockets here, or do you think it's just going to be one of those crazy max seasons where the favorites, you know, kind of fall back to the middle of the pack? Yeah, well, I think a lot of the, the top teams from last year, which we'll talk about, Central Michigan, Kent State, Western Michigan, are t- going to take step backs. A step back because of roster turnover, but I don't think Toledo is one of those teams. They last year they won seven games despite everything going against them. They were zero and five, I believe, in one possession games. Their three league losses all came by three points or less. So they also lost by three at Notre Dame in a game they probably should have won. They were 105th and fourth down conversion percentage they were dead last in the country in penalty yards per game their kicker clucky had an off year everything went wrong for them and then all their wins were in blowout fashion and then all their losses outside of a really uh, just a stinker against colorado state were by like three points and and if you look at just lead the nation in penalty yards 10 of 24 on fourth down in, in comparison northern Illinois was 25 of 30 on fourth downs all those things and you lose all the close games the margins were so close for them, I have them favored in 11 games. I have them favored at San Diego State. Um, obviously, Ohio at Ohio State is going to be a loss. Um, but, yeah, I think this team, I love the over eight. I think it opened actually at seven and a half, which was way too low. I think this is a nine or ten win team for sure. Um, and I have them six games as they – in, in conference, just in conference, I've been favored in all eight, six of them double-digit favorites. Now, last year they lost four games as double-digit favorites. I don't see that happening again. Defense loaded once again. They did lose two D-backs to the NFL, but Tyson Anderson barely played, hurt all year. Defense still should be loaded. The offense was much better with Finn at the helm. His second year in the offense, he'll get the reins here. Um, I think this is Toledo's year. Ten, Ten-win team, love the over eight. One of my two favorite win total bets in the match. All right, clean sweep here, Ionello. You on the Rockets over win total as well? Yeah, they have the best defense in the conference. I don't really think it's close. Um, I actually had higher expectations for them last year. You know, kind of messed around, Same. lost a lot of close games, lost some bad games. The Colorado State loss was brutal. Um, and you guys mentioned it. I think Finn's the difference. He's the, you know, presumed starter. His team now, he really didn't take over as the full-time guy until like week six last year. They were working in Carter Bradley a lot, who's now off to, where did he go? South Alabama, I believe. Um, so now, you know, this is Finn's team and, and yeah, they lose Brian Kobach, but like you said, they have a deep running back room. Their defense brings back eight. So it's their conference to lose. Probably means they won't win it, but I definitely like that over eight as well. Kickoff action. It's return here. Yeah, this is the best time of the year. All right. We'll switch to a team that won every close game last year, Northern Illinois, seven wins as the win total plus 430 to win the Mac 57th offensively, 118th SP plus defensive projection. 
As I mentioned, the Heart Attack Huskies are back after winning eight games by single digits in 2021. Offense should be strong on the ground again. Rocky Lombardi chips in there as a dual threat. Harrison Whaley's back. Mason Blackmore pitching in. Four returning starters in the O-line. But for me, the defense is a huge question mark. Yes, they have eight returning starters on that side of the ball, but they were awful last year. The entire secondary is back, but they were only 84th against the pass. They were young. So, I mean, you could look at it with rose-colored glasses and say, you know, that experience is going to pay off, maybe get them into the 60s against the pass. But really, in terms of my play here, plus 430 doesn't interest me. Anything shy of like 7-1, to one, I'm not going to play the Huskies to win the entire conference. But when I look at their win total, Eastern Illinois at home, at Tulsa, Vandy at home, at Kentucky, and then in MAC play, they get Toledo, Central, and Miami all at home. So I do think the absolute floor for them this year, even though they were so good in close games, so good on fourth down, you know, they almost won their bowl game as well. Couldn't punch it in inside the 10 in the closing seconds. All of that being said, the schedule, I see their floor at like six games. I think they're probably coming in at eight and four. So I lean to the over, but I'm not as bullish as I was on Toledo. Stucky, what are your thoughts on the Huskies trying to at least use last year as a springboard and to say, we weren't lucky. It was just, you know, we're, we have experience. We can handle the pressure of close games because we're going to talk about a team in the East who lost every close game that are projected to win their side of the division this year. Sometimes it comes down to like, are you just bad in close games? Or are you good and not really a luck factor? Let me pitch it to you with that question. Yeah, I, I really don't know. I was all set Northern Illinois under, like if you asked me right when the season ended, I hate that team to death. And my number just didn't get there. Um, like all the, cause I'm conflicted in what's going to happen here, right? Like they were extremely lucky. Like they won five games by two or less or in overtime five. And they were 25 of 30 on fourth downs, which led the nation. They're 84% on fourth downs and you're winning every close game. And then, you know, say that goes to like 10, 15 of 30, all those close wins swing to losses this year. But then again, they were they only had one interception from their D-backs. They were the second youngest team in the country last year. And they were like 103rd in turnover margin. So I don't know. Like they're, so they're much more experienced. This is a super young team. I mean, two years ago, it was all freshmen. Um, so I don't know. I think that the number is about right. I was all set. To, and this is why you can't be biased. And yeah, this is where it comes in, in, in handy to project these things. Uh so, yeah, I, I was all about the under, but I just can't get there. I think the number is right at about seven. Um, and, yeah, it's like there's going to be some regression, but then also they're much more experienced than Mac. So, I don't know. Don't ask me. This team owned me last year, um, but the defense definitely would be my concern. Good eye on here because this is I, this team. I, yeah, I, I, I know, Ionello, that it's difficult to be objective because you have such a man crush on Rocky Lombardi. Just love the guy. You, you're pumping his tires all last season. So, where do you come down on Northern Illinois? I refuse to talk about this team. I hate this team. I hate everything about them. They lost me so much goddamn money last year. Anyone who listens to our podcast knows Northern Illinois made me look like such an idiot, and I refuse to speak about them. There's now. so many plays that I'm like, I just I hate like them. Buffalo I hate in them. overtime at the one fumbles it going into the end zone game of like there, there are a million plays a million central, didn't, that didn't central michigan game. didn't central michigan miss like three chip shot field goals in that game yeah then they botched the snap on a field goal to win it they, they had From like the 20 i uh, i yeah. hate northern illinois i hate them are you serious Maxion, you gotta love it all right, I just heard a Chips reference, so let's go to Central Michigan. They're also sitting at seven for their win total, plus 450 or five to one, depending on the book, to win the MAC. 74th on offense, I think that's too low. 
113th on defense. I think that's fair in the SP plus projection. Listen, their big three is really solid by G5 standards. Daniel Richardson, Lou Nichols III, and Dallas Dixon. I mean, that's that's a great offensive foundation, particularly Nichols. He ran off Kobe Lewis to Purdue because this guy could run for 2,000 yards this season. He's that good. But the defense only brings back three starters from a unit that was great against the run, but they have all these new pieces in the front seven. So the only strength that they had, can you really rely on that? And then you look at the non-conference, they're going to go two and two, you know, by all accounts. At Oklahoma State, home against South Alabama, home against Bucknell, then at Penn State. No Miami, but there are some difficult road matchups, particularly at Northern Illinois and at Toledo. This is a stay away for me. Um, I, I think just from a college fantasy perspective, I'll be interested, particularly in Richardson and Nichols the third. But outside of that, I think this defense has too many question marks to feel feel good tying your money up for an entire season. This could be one of the half teams of the Mac. Great offense, bad defense. I'll start with you, Inel. What are your thoughts on the Chippewas? Yeah, I'm with you. I think this number is about right. Um, first, I Daniel Richardson is one of my favorite players to watch in the country. He's one of those, you know, Mac cult heroes that we'll talk about for years to come. Last year, you didn't really take over to week five. They started with Jacob Sermon, and, you know, he came in 24 touchdowns, six interceptions. He's like a little bowling ball. Five foot ten, two hundred four pounds. He reminds me of like if Raymond Felton played college football. And I just, I, that's what it looks like. I just love everything about Daniel Richardson. Um, Kobe Lewis leaving was kind of a bummer because I was really excited to see him and Nichols in this backfield together. Um, but you mentioned it. There, there's just way too many holes on this defense. They lose a lot on the offensive line and the defensive line, which are two places you really don't want to lose people. They lose their five leading tacklers. Um, like you said, they're an over team. They're a, they lost their two best tackles to two tackles yeah, to the NFL. NFL out of a Mac. And I think it was right. Uh, Bernard Raymond was like a, was he second round pick late first. Mm-hmm. And then, um, so, you know, they just lost a ton of really, really talented guys. So they're definitely a watch and have a lot of fun with Richardson and Nichols, but I don't have anything betting wise. How about you stuck? any play here? Yeah, I think the numbers are spot on. Uh, I, mean, I am curious to see how much their offense does drop off with losing two NFL tackles. Like by some metrics, those were like two of the best tackles in the country last year. And what does that do to a MAC offense? They're gonna, I think they're going to have a freshman and a sophomore starting at both tackle positions. They also lost some decent linebackers and then two really good edge rushers. And that was the strength of their defense last year was their edge rush. So there's uh, – I, I do think – they have a free safety, I think, named Sturkey. It's close enough to Stucky. I think there's actually a guard that transferred to UNLV this year that's named Stucky that came from, like, Sacramento State, I want to say. I almost bet I almost bet a little bit of money on UNLV over just because of that to root for this, this guard named Stucky. But, yeah, a lot of questions about the defense. And then the offense losing those two tackles gives me a lot of pause. If I had to bet it, I would take the under, but I think the number is pretty spot on to pass for me. So now we're off to Western Michigan sitting at six for their win total, 12 on to win the MAC, 96 offensive projection, 86 on defense. It's back to square one on offense. No Caleb Ellaby, no Sky Moore. Potentially look out for Stone Hollenbach, a transfer from he was like a preferred walk on at Alabama. He could make a move in fall practice for QB1. Six back on defense from uh, a really nice pass defense, to be honest. Um, but personnel wise, it's almost an entirely new secondary. And then circle in their non-conference at Michigan State versus Pitt at San Jose State 
I'm playing the under here. I, I think it's just a little too challenging with all these new faces and to not get any momentum in the non-conference. Uh, too many negatives working against them here. So somebody has to lose games here in the West, and I'm going to go with the Broncos. What are your thoughts, Stucky? Love, love this under. So this is my second favorite win total. Toledo over and Western Michigan under. You can, I think as of yesterday, you could find under six and a half minus 140 minus 145. It was starting to get hit yesterday. Um, still like under six, but I would pay the extra 40, 45 cents for six now. Right, right. Whenever it's around six, a win total, um, I prefer to pay, you know, up a little bit more than I would say around five, because that six is usually like a big motivating factor to get to bowl eligibility at the end of the year. And then if you can't get there, a team might quit. So that around six, I sometimes I pay a little bit more. And yeah, I mean, look, you lose, you have a new offensive coordinator and you lose out your star quarterback, Elby, Sky Moore went to second round of the NFL draft, one of the best receivers in the country last year. You also, you know, you lose your stud center, Caliendo. Your man might start an FCS transfer and a converted tight end at your tackle positions. Um, only 36 career starts coming back on the offensive line. And your starting quarterback's either going to be a Bama walk-on transfer or a redshirt freshman. Uh, this offense has major, major questions. The, the defense – Linebackers strong, but look, last year the pass defense was good, but lost a lot in the secondary. And they lost a Mac defensive player of the year, who's responsible for, I think, what, like 15 of their 43 sacks. So uh, there's going to be a drop off here as well. And we know the special teams will be an absolute horror show, worst in the country last year, just incompetence across the board on special teams. So, uh, yeah, and this is a regression candidate, too. I think they went three and one, one in possession games. They were number two in the country in third down defense. They had six or seven defensive and special teams touchdowns, and their defense was especially helped out by the fact that their offense was number one in the country in time of possession, right? So you have Sky Moore, LB, that offensive line. They led the nation. I think they were top five in time of possession. That's not going to be the case this year with your freshman tackles, a freshman quarterback or a transfer. You lose Sky Moore. Um, so I have a ton of questions about this team. And, look, if I look at their schedule – you get a free win over New Hampshire, but you know you got road games against Michigan State and San Jose State off of a bye. By the way, they also host Pitt, but Pitt out for revenge after last year's loss at home to West Michigan, which might have arguably kept Pitt out of the College Football Playoff. I'm sure they'll be out for blood, and their toughest league games come at the end of the season, which could be beneficial since they're breaking a new quarterback, new offense. But I have them double-digit underdogs, projected double-digit underdogs in three MAC games and six total. So if they lose those six games, their ceiling is six. Um, I only have them favored in two and uh, two of the Mac games and two of the others are coin flips. So I think like even if they start four and three, which is best case scenario, which means, you know, you win at Ball State, you beat New Hampshire, you beat Eastern Michigan at home and you beat Ohio, which is best case scenario then they'd have to win three of their final five games to get to seven of those five. I've projected double digit underdogs at four and the other one's a road game at Bowling Green. Uh, it's the max unpredictable, but I do not see seven wins on this schedule whatsoever. And I think they're going to really struggle to get to the six. Um, there's a lot not to like about this Western Michigan team. Uh, I'm going under here. So, Ionello, are you going to give the rubber stamp here on the under? Is the road just too treacherous to get to six wins for this Western team? 
Yeah, I'm with you guys. There's just way too much to to replace with, you know, LB, Sky Moore. I mean, Jalen Hall is gone. Bryce nearly is gone there. Like Sock mentioned, the defense, the line. And, and yeah, my favorite part about this team is, you know, Stock, you mentioned it. The special teams were so bad. They have the same dude doing the kicking and the punting, and he's horrible at both of them. So it's kind of like, and they're bringing it back. It, it's like they couldn't find someone better to do either. So I think this team is, yeah, they're going to take a big step back. So I'm definitely with you guys on the under there. I love Maxion. I love Maxion. <laughs> All right, quickly for the rest of the West here, I'm going to bundle the bottom two teams that I feel diametrically opposed in terms of where I think they'll end this year. Eastern sitting at five and a half for their win total, 16 to one to win the max 77th defensive projection, or offensive projection, 123rd on defense. Taylor Powell, a three-star who's been everywhere, been at Mizzou, been at Troy, hasn't caught on. He should be their projected starter. Love this wide receiver core headlined by Hassan Badoon. Um, they could really have some punch on that side of the ball. Defense was normal by max standards, and by that I mean normal bad. They only returned five starters, but they did go heavy in the transfer portal to try to bring in G5 and P5 transfers to really elevate that defense. The schedule, I think, is interesting because they get Eastern at home, then at Louisiana, who's breaking in a new quarterback, at Arizona State that returns just six starters, and then against UMass. So I feel for sure there's two wins there. At Louisiana, at Arizona State, I don't know. I, I have this feeling that something may come together on the, off the offensive side of the ball for Eastern. So I'm bullish on them. I also, as Stucky brought up, you got to have one long shot in the MAC, at least in your portfolio. This is mine. I've, I've also seen that out in the market at 20 to 1. Certainly interested at 20 to 1 to win the MAC. Um, so that's my pick here. And then as we look at Ball State, four and a half for their win total, 60 to one to win the MAC. Really, really poor projections on both sides of the ball, 115th on O, 116th on D. Listen, we're not that far removed from a seven and one season in 2020 with a bowl win, but they just got murdered last year by Georgia State in the bowl game. I think that kind of left a, a sour taste in my mouth, at least. They only returned nine total starters. They have some good receivers, Johannes, Tyler being one of them. But a new starting quarterback, likely John Paddock, an undersized senior who's you know kind of rode the pine for all these years. The defense was bad last year. Could be worse when you consider the schedule. Just looking at the for sure losses at Tennessee, at Central, at Kent, at Toledo, at Miami of Ohio. And then for the games that I feel good about their wins, Murray State at Georgia Southern, home against UConn, home against Ohio. That only gets you to four. No room to stumble against Ohio or at Georgia Southern. Statesboro, not an easy place to play. I realize that they have a new system, a new head coach there. So I'm probably going to go under on the Cardinals. What are your thoughts on these two teams, the Eagles and Cardinals side by side? Any birds that you like to to roll with here, Ianella? Yeah, I'm glad you said that because I had I had one I was going to like dip my toe in and get the feel of the group. I like Eastern Michigan. I'm bullish on them. They lose both Preston Hutchinson and, you know, Ben Bryant. But like you said, Taylor Powell's been around the block. He's, you know, he started at Missouri, went to Troy, didn't really catch on. But I feel like, you know, the Mac is where bad quarterbacks tend to catch on. Shots fired Rocky Lombardi. Bring back their top four receivers. They bring back four of their five offensive linemen. I mean, their defense is always kind of a concern. For some reason, Eastern Michigan just gets torched by the run every year. They haven't had a good run defense in like four years. So that obviously is still a concern for me. So undersized with the D-line all the time. They're always, they're so small and they just get, they, they give almost 200 yards per game on the ground for like four straight years. So, but five and a half, you look at the schedule, you know, Eastern Kentucky should be a win. Buffalo at home, UMass at home. You know, they have, West, they have Akron, which is a good one. So I think it's manageable that I'm, I'm with you. Rob. I actually like this Eastern Michigan over 
they've been to a bowl game in four of the last six years. One of the ones they missed was, you know, 2020. So I don't even really count that. So at five and a half, when, when you come, you come down and you need a win to go bowling and you're playing at home against central Michigan late. I do like that Eastern Michigan over, um, Ball State, I don't really have a feel on. Like you said, Drew Plitt's gone. They're, they got to break in a new quarterback. At least he hasn't been in the system. He's been the backup for three years. Um, one of the you know nice things about Ball State is they had so many injuries last year that they played 11 different offensive linemen. So at least the guys have a lot of experience. So they have some depth there just out of you know the habit of last year. But they're rebuilding a ton on defense, new quarterback. I'm going to stay away from Ball State, but I do like the Eastern Michigan over. Well, I project both right around six. Eastern Michigan, to me, man, if Bryant just stayed. But they, they seem to every year play close games. There's so many close games. Every one of their games is close. It doesn't matter if they're playing like a really good team. or So there's just a lot of variance in their results. I am a little bit worried about maybe some regression for Eastern Michigan. Last year, they were number one red zone efficiency team. Like they were 20 to 28. They had the second fewest penalties per game last year. But if you look back historically under Creighton, extremely good in that regard. So I think they're pretty well coached, um, which works in their favor. Ball State, a.k.a. the fighting David Letterman's, his alma mater. Ball State, I'm right on in the number two. The one thing that I will say, I mean, with Ball State, their number is, what, over five and a half. They don't get Acker to Bowling Green, which hurts. But they have six winnable home games, right? I mean, Western Michigan, who's down, Murray State, Eastern Michigan, Ohio, and Northern Illinois. Um, so their schedule isn't terrible so i could see it but i am worried about both of these special teams both of the by nine by my numbers both of these teams had top 20 special teams last year that never happens in the mac all the mac special teams are dreadful because these teams don't have depth right so then your guys like from uh, you know in alabama the guys on special teams are, are really good but that, there's no depth on these mac teams their special teams always stink but last year east michigan had top 20 special teams they lose their stud kicker their stud punter and, a, and their special teams coach of six years. They now have a redshirt freshman kicker and a punter. So two redshirt freshman kicker and punter. So I think their special teams should drop. And the team that plays a lot of close games and it's a Mac, that can matter. Ball State, I think I had them eighth in special teams last year. It was the only thing they did well was special teams. They had a first team, uh, first team all-Mac punter. He's gone. Their kicker... Their kick returner, punt returner Hall, was really good. He's gone. Both kickers are gone, and their special teams coach of seven years is gone. So they might be the biggest special teams drop year-to-year rankings in the entire nation. They might go to bottom five. That's how quick it can change the mat. These close games, close margins, that's the one thing that I worry about both of these teams is the special teams, which, which you'll see all the time will cost these MAC teams games at the end. If you did like Ball State, you can get – FanDuel has an over four-and-a-half at minus 135. And then Eastern Michigan is due six and a half at DraftKings, and then they have five and a half at even money on FanDuel. Yeah, Eastern Michigan feels like they'll go six and six. Let me remind you, uh, this is only an exhibition. This is not a competition. Please, no wagering. All right, we're back now with the MAC East, looking at at least two teams that I think have a puncher's chance to win it, and then trying to identify at least one dark horse to potentially take a long shot on. We're going to start with Miami of Ohio, win total set at seven plus 375 out there somewhere in the market, plus 425 to win the MAC. 67th offensive projection, 101st defensively. Are they a wolf in sheep's clothing? Because they went seven and six last year. Four of those six losses came by a grand total of nine points. We brought this up at the top of the program. Does that mean that Chuck Martin can't win close games or does it mean they're unlucky? That's for you to determine. 
Four starters return on the offensive line to protect Brett Gabbert, 26 TDs, only six picks last year. He's going to have to break in some new skill position players, but he does get Mac Hippenhammer back. What a name. And he's not just a great name, but also a big play target. Five new starters working into the rotation on defense under Bill Brecken. He does add in Michael Dowell, a Michigan State transfer at safety, one of the top uh, defensive recruits in the state of Ohio a few cycles back, hoping to replace Sterling Weatherford. Losing Ivan Pace to Cincy, oh man, that really hurts, as well as the loss of Cameron Butler to UVA. If those guys were both back, or even one of them, I think I'd be a little bit more bullish. But given their losses on defense, I think that leaves the MAC East kind of up for grabs. Non-conference at Kentucky, home against Cincinnati, at Northwestern. Um, I think they'll be more competitive against Cincy. Uh, Northwestern, I think, could be a win, although it is in Evanston. So I'll kick it to the group here. This is a team that seems as though they were on the cusp of something special. They certainly have reliable quarterback play. Where are you on the Red Hawks, Ionello? Yeah, like you said, I think when Brett Gabbert is healthy, he's the best quarterback in the MAC. But that's a big if. You know, he's kind of battled injuries the last two years. Um, their backup last year, AJ Mayer, transferred, so that is a big loss for them, just given his history. Their starting running back is expected to be Jalen Bester, who was really good in 2019. But same thing, you know, he missed all of 2020. He played like two games in 2021. So I just do have a little bit of concern with their offense, given the injury history. And then their defense, you know, Pace obviously was their best player, but they also just, they just lose a ton of leadership. They, they lost a ton of graduation. It's not like stars were transferring out. It's just they were an old veteran defense, and a lot of those guys graduated, so they lose a ton of leadership. They lose a ton of depth. So, you know, I obviously love Mac Hippenhammer, uh, former Penn Stater, but I, I'm just I'm staying away from them personally. I just with Gabbert's injury history, they're they're a team that I'll back when he's there, but I don't want to invest in them long term because I don't know that he'll be healthy. Well, if he's not healthy, which has been, and as you alluded to, Mike, an issue in the past, their backups with Mayor gone. One career pass attempt combined. So it all of a sudden gets really scary. And I think the loss of Sorenson is huge. I mean, he was so reliable, so underrated, just like a third down machine. Um, the receiver Sorensen is gone. And I'm really worried about the defense. I mean, you mentioned some of the losses. Now, they also lost their defensive coordinator, who I think is extremely underrated. Actually went in conference to Ohio, who we'll talk about. But they lost – four really good defensive ends, one to the NFL. And then now they're, they lost almost everything in the secondary. They might start four underclassmen in the secondary with 11 combined career starts. So this pass defense could be really bad. And then you lose pace to middle linebacker. Um, so th- I have a lot of questions about my Ohio. Um, I project them right around seven which I think is what their implied win total is right around. So I don't see any value, but I do – I could see it go – and I don't trust Chuck Martin ultimately, but I could see this going south and especially if Gabbard gets hurt. But there's a lot of holes here that I think it just opens up this division for potential – which division is very weak, by the way. Um, I mean, look at this division. It's Buffalo, Kent State, we're talking about without <laughs> Crum, Ohio, Akron, Bowling Green, and this time the Ohio team. So – this my team is vulnerable. I have no position on them preseason, but they allow me to be comfortable to throw a dart, which we'll get to. It's been incredible. Maction has been phenomenal. 
I'm not going to wait too long to get to a team I like. Let's look at Kent State. It's in five and a half over minus 130 on their win total, nine to one to win the MAC, 66th projection on offense, 125th on defense. For my money, I'm a believer in Sean Lewis. He, he's earned my respect. OC Andrew Souter, I think, keeps this offense in the top 50 conversation and probably a little bit better because their running game could be special. Colin Sheely coming in for Dustin Crumb. He has some real nice wheels to go along with Marquez Cooper and Xavier Williams run behind four returning offensive linemen. But the defense was awful. So this, for me, comes down to what did you do to change that? They went out and they got Jeremiah Johnson, comes in from Northern Iowa. Really nice track record at the FCS rank. I just like the new blood. I like someone who has had success. And given the fact that they were in the 120s in meaningful metrics last year, if he gets them close to 100, I think this team's going to go over their win total. I think this team is going to win the East. And the only the only real concern I have, what is up with their athletic department? At Washington, at Oklahoma, at Georgia? Guys, like, I understand the, the paycheck games, but, like, give your kids a break. I know they slipped in Long Island. Second time we talked about the Sharks on the podcast, but, like, they're all on the road. They're all brutal. You're going to get physically beat up potentially by Washington and Georgia. So if they can survive it and come out of it without any key injuries to key playmakers, I'm bullish on the golden flashes. I think this offense, I think no disrespect to Dustin Crum. He was a great Mac quarterback, highly reliable, but I think they're going to be able to keep this going. I know what are your thoughts on the golden flashes is the defense is so bad that you're like, I, I can't put any weight behind them. No, because they were bad last year. I'm I'm with you. This this line at five and a half is disrespectful to Sean Lewis. I think Sean Lewis is an excellent coach. You can get a flat five at DraftKings. I'll introduce it. I think it's disrespectful to him. You mentioned it. Yeah, Chrome was awesome, but honestly, the best part about him last year, especially, was his legs. Third in the country in rushing, and like you said, they bring back Cooper, they bring back Williams, and Connor Sheely is getting a ton, a ton of hype in camp. His teammates love him. They're comparing him to Crum. He's got a cannon arm. He's freaky athletic. He looks more athletic than Crum did, to be honest with you. So I don't know. They bring back Dante Cephas, who was you know all Mac receiver last year. I don't know that this offense will take much of a step back, if at all. They return three offensive line and they fill they fill the two holes with you know transfer from Michigan and a transfer from Rutgers. So anytime you're bringing in Big Ten offensive linemen, I'm gonna you know appreciate that. And like you mentioned, yeah, the defense is a concern, but they sucked last year and they went to the the MAC championship. So I don't necessarily think they're going to be worse. At five and a half, you're telling me I think this team's going to drop from the the conference title game to out of a bowl. I don't see it. I don't think the offense takes as much of a step back without Crumb as people are making it out to seem. So I'm going to play over five and a half with Kent State as well. I disagree. And I'm still maybe I'm still mad at Kent State for last year for blowing that Mac title game, but um, I think they actually lost three starters in the offensive line. But you guys are you guys are just disrespecting Crum. He was the Mac, he was the Mac Player of the Year, and yeah, she oh she, he looks great. She looks great in camp. Guess what? He's playing the Kent State defense every day. Of course, he looks great. Um, the, you know, they have a new defensive coordinator in who's moving them to a three three five. So the hope is that you know schematically they can't get much worse that they get a little better, but they lost two good linebackers. I think Clark, who plays like their freak linebacker position slash safety, he got hurt and springs out for the year. They lost both safeties, their first team Walmack cornerback. Now I know the defense wasn't good, so does it really matter? But um somewhat worried about some of their losses. But I think you're disrespecting Crum. I'm not 
also is sold on the offensive line. I think there's some questions there. And what is the ceiling on their win? Seven? Like, it's eight Mo at most. You know, you're going to lose at Washington, Oklahoma, and Georgia. And then at Toledo, I, I have as a, as a loss. And at Miami, Ohio, tough game. I mean, are they, they're really not going to drop any with their defense. I and mean, they're going to be in shootouts. Um, so, yeah, I project them at – Five, four, eight, I think. So I'm right, right at five and a half. Um, and like the floor is probably pretty low and the ceiling is, but the ceiling is also low. I mean, so, I'm sorry, the, the floor is like four or five and then the ceiling is like seven or eight. So like it's going to come down to like at Bowling Green and at Buffalo at the end of the year. So like, no thanks. At least, uh, the crumb disrespect, the crumb disrespect, (laughs) man. Jesus, the projections, at least from our buddy, uh, Joe DeSalva over at CFF, um, you know, the college fantasy football rankings, he does mention that depending on how you evaluate returning starters based on snaps, it could be four returning starters. They also have a Michigan and a Rutgers transfer coming in on the offensive line. So they may, I I just think they're going to be good enough for an offense that has been so focused on it in recent years. And Sheely, I think is an upgrade as a runner. So yes, you know, they could have some pains throwing the football with him in his first year, but with so much of the focal point of their offense running through the running game, they still the same kicker, by the way. They can't kick off. They can't kick it off. Every the opposing team starts at the 40 every single time. I mean, they score a touchdown quick. They kick it off, and the opposing team starts at the 40-yard line because they have a kicker who can't get the ball past the 25. Insane if you look at their kickoff stats last year. Every time, the team's starting at midfield. You already have a terrible defense. That's why all their games they play Eastern Michigan, it's 50. Like, it's like 55 to 52 it's going to be. Like, it's – I'm not investing in Kent State Winter. All right. I, I'll tee you up for a team you're investing in, and you tell me why all these negatives are being overstated. How beautiful is Maction? How <laughs> beautiful is Maction? Oh, man. Just when we thought we had peak Maction. So Ohio coming in, five and a half is their win total, 20 to one to win the MAC, 89th on offense, 110th on defense. The Frank Solich era is clearly over. Things were a mess last year in Athens. Three and nine, only returned five on offense. Curtis Rourke is not his brother, certainly not a difference maker quarterback. The O-line could be very good, but who's going to make plays? They were 105th in scoring last year. Defense couldn't stop the run, so I'm not impressed with the fact that they bring back five starters in their front seven because they couldn't get it done. And they play at Penn State and Iowa State early. Does that force their hand with Rourke? Does that mean a quarterback change to C.J. Harris, a former three-star out of the state of Michigan? For me, that's a lot of negatives, but I think you have some good things to say about the Bobcats, so let me hear them. Look, it can't get any worse than last year. I mean, last year, and by the way, going into last year, they were five to one to win the MAC, and now they're—I got them twenty-five to one two days ago. That price is ridiculous in this division, which is completely wide open. Last year, they had to deal with a coaching change. That's behind them. Everything went wrong with them. The two and four in one possession games. They were at one hundred and twentieth in turnover margin. I like to hire the defensive coordinator. Hire my Ohio defensive coordinator with a very ex- experienced defense. They bring back four defensive backs to start at least nine games. Thompson, their middle linebacker, comes back from injury. Linebacker really strong. Um, and then you know, they bring back eight of their top nine defensive linemen. It's a really exp- experienced defense with, I think, a scheme improvement and a good coordinator. But they're taking away from one of their one of their competitors in division, mind of Ohio. Um, and you mentioned the offensive line, a lot more experience should be a little bit better this year. I just think that this look, they were last year five to one. Has a does this. 
And we look, you, we just talked about Ball State. They won the MAC in dominant fashion, and then last year looked like the worst team in the country. These things change quick in the MAC, quick. Um, so I just think twenty-five to one is an outrageous price to come out. Of, all I need them is to come out of this division. So can they? All they got to do can they win at Kent State in a fifty-five to fifty-two game because Kent State kicks it to the fifty every time? Sure. And then they win that game, and then all of a sudden, who knows? You get you beat Akron at home. You beat NIU at home. You beat Buffalo at home. Bowling Green at home. You win the division. Like that—that's how quick these things can change in the MAC. Um, we've seen it time and time again. I think this price is crazy. Um, and uh, yeah, from five to one to twenty-five to one in one season in the MAC in a, just a hard division. So I think it's a dart worth throwing. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and preach about how great this team is, but I think it's just disrespect in the market price-wise. I mean, Stucky sounds like a drive-time radio host in Athens, Ohio, just going through the schedule. Northern, win. Buffalo, win. At Miami, Ohio, win. All right, so what are your thoughts here, Ionello? This is a pass for me. But they just have to split. You split at, at Kent. You win at Kent or Miami. And by the way, Gabbert gets hurt. Miami, Ohio, then becomes sure. a mess. Can anyone can beat Kent State? They're all, all their games are going to be fifty-five to fifty-four, and that's assuming that these camp reports on Shear all are all correct. Again, I know this is a stay away from me. Although the one I will defend Stucky when, like you said, at the end of the day, if you played the Mega Millions last week, spending five dollars on Ohio is probably a safer bet than the Mega Millions. So, you know, for that price, you're throwing a dart in a division where it's all just blind darts for the most part. So. I don't necessarily hate the the future dart throw. I wouldn't bet their win total or anything like that. No. Um, I don't believe in Curtis Fork. The one uh, one defense I will say for how bad they looked last year is, is you know, Frank Solich didn't retire until July 14th. So it was yeah. so, so late in the year. And then they were just, you know, an absolute mess after that. I mean, they lost to Duquesne. So, you know, having the full offseason under Albin will help them. Um, but I just really have no feelings on this team. All right, I'm going to go ahead and bundle together these next two teams because I'm confused about the differential in terms of their odds to win the MAC outright. Buffalo with a win total of five, 15 to one range to win it, 92nd on offense, 102nd on defense, and SP plus projections. This team likes to run the ball. No shock there. They only return one starter on the line. Ron Cook has upside, but the only real experience he has is in the return game. I think he's got like 400 career rushing yards. Mike Washington could get touches in there as well, but Matt Myers is back at quarterback and. Blah, blah, blah. Four TDs, five picks last year. Defense could be okay. Six six back on that side of the ball. A lot of new faces in the secondary, which was their strength. At Maryland, at Coastal, at Eastern Michigan early. Uh, I'm I'm out on the on the bowls here. But the team right behind them, at least in the projections, Bowling Green, four and a half of their win total. I, I know that Colin Wilson's probably moving closer to his audio speaker. He's bullish on the Falcons. 50 to one to win the Mac at some books. 108th on defense, 77, or 108th, in offense of projections, 77th on defense. The question is, can they just pull it all together? They got 17 returning starters. The defense was great against the pass last year, ninth in yards allowed through the air. Darren Anders could win MAC Defensive Player of the Year. They have five preseason all MAC defenders, first or second team selections. The offense has all their skill position players back surrounding Matt McDonald. I know he wasn't very good last year, but at least they have that continuity. And in terms of their schedule, yes, it's a challenging non-con at UCLA 
home against Marshall at Mississippi State. But when I look at who they play and where they play them within the conference, home against Miami, Ohio, home against Kent, at Central, at Toledo, I think this is definitely worth a flyer. If, you know, 20 to 1 or 25 to 1 on Ohio gets your chili running hot, Bowling Green at 50 to 1, why not? I'm finally buying into your theory that everyone potentially stinks on this side of the max, Stucky. So where are you on Bowling Green? Bowling Green at Ohio to close the year, by the way, could be the difference. Ohio, Athens home field advantage. Um, yeah, I mean, Bowling Green, look, you, you got to, you have to hand it to what they did last year. And a lot of it was Eric Lewis, their defensive coordinator, or maybe it's just getting rid of Van Gorder, who might be the worst defensive coordinator in the history of college football really shows you how bad he was, but yeah, it's a really experienced team. One of the most in the country, as far as returning production, I think they're number one in the country in re- returning offensive production. They only lost 11 lettermen. I mean, a couple of years ago, this was, this team was basically 95% freshman. They do get three tough West draws. And then, you know, they finish facing two teams off buys, then back-to-back road games. So I don't really love their schedule. How much better can their defense really get is another thing that I am thinking about. I mean, like for a Mac team, their defense was really good last year and it started to fall off towards the end of the year. I don't trust McDonald. This offense still just frightens me. I don't have any opinion on Bowling Green with Buffalo. I'm, I'm pretty close on, on projections. I, I can see why people love them, but I could also see them winning going two and 10 in Regards to Buffalo, it's under nothing with Buffalo. Now it's it's a higher variance team because it's just there's so many transfers. They could start, I think, 13 transfers. I mean, you, they lost their quarterback, running back, and right tackle unexpectedly in train in spring to the transfer portal. Not good. It's very hard to project how they're going to look, like even their starters. I, I think I think really you're going to have 12. I think I have projected 12 transfer starters. Only five home games. Kirby totals five and a half. I project them four eight. Almost bet the under. On them, it's under nothing, but I don't really have any hot takes on Bowling Green or Buffalo. Gun to my head, the third win total that I would have bet, that which just was was close, was Buffalo. But the variance with all the transfers kept me away, and I just didn't have enough edge to overcome that. What do you think, Mike? Do you have any strong takes on the the Bulls or the Falcons in this spot? Hey, uh, hey, Colin Wilson. Oh, oh, Bowling Green has a lot of returning starters. Yeah, is Matt McDonald one of them? Yeah, no, thank you. Then he stinks. Bowling Green. <laughs> the other thing too that is, you know, sneaky a, a big loss for Bowling Green is they lost their offensive coordinator Terry Malone, who is now an offensive analyst at LSU. Well, we we talk about how much I hate Scott Leffler. I called him the floor last year. I'm pretty sure Scott Leffler. Well, remember against Buffalo last year when Leffler got ejected and in 18 minutes after he got ejected and Terry Malone started calling plays, they scored 28 points, which is still the most they've scored in any full game in two seasons. So he's now gone. He scored more in 18 minutes than Leffler's done in two years. So I don't believe in him. I don't believe in Matt McDonald. I don't care how much they're returning. If he's one of them, I'm out on the Falcons. Um, Buffalo also, is an All-American kicker, by the way. I know I'm talking about special teams way too much, but they had an All-American kicker last year. You have you have to talk special teams in the MAC because it's yeah. the most variance of any conference where you yeah. can make or break games, and it's the only reason you watch it is to watch someone. Field goals will the field goals. Part. By the way, field goals will decide almost all these win totals. I bet. And they're usually playing in 20 mile an hour winds in front of yeah. 400 people. Yeah. In, in the middle of nowhere, Michigan. 
But Buffalo's, I'm with you guys, where, especially Stucky, where I think I don't have any action on them either way because I, I could see it going either way. You know, you look at their your returning production numbers, and to me, they're like a little misleading because, you know, Matt Myers was actually their starting quarterback to start the season in 2019. He got hurt. Van Trees takes over. He keeps the job for two years. So Myers has been, this is his fourth year at, in the system. Um, he's much more mobile he, than Van Trees was, which I do like given, you know, that's something too. their offensive line. The turnover is a little weird because you look at it and, you know, they're listed as returning one offensive line starter, but all their starters are seniors. So they do have a ton of depth. You look down their depth chart. It's, you know, senior, 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 senior. They have, they're starting like I think eight seniors on offense. Um, so I do like and that. Second year of new schemes. Second year new schemes too. Yep. They're another team that lost their coach last year. Um, they bring in, Saki said, they did a great job in transfers. They bring in Justin Marshall from Louisville, Booby Curry from Arizona. Um, they actually just signed the highest, rec- uh, highest rated recruiting class in school history. So they're doing a good job there. Defense does lose a ton. Um, but they bring back James Patterson at linebacker, you know, besides being my mother's favorite author, he's also been at Buffalo for what seems like seven years. So, uh, I I love having him back in the middle of that defense, but I'm just, I'm still not sure what they're going to be. I think they actually could be better than people think just given how old they are, but they're probably stay away from me. Hi there. It's team. Now ask yourself, who's the man? All right, let's round out the East here with Akron, two and a half for their win total, 75 to one to win the MAC. 124th on offense, a matching 124th on defense in SP plus projections. Well, let's get this started. Welcome back to the MAC, Joe Moorhead. You know, you got 15 returning starters, both specialists. DJ Irons, may, I mean, I could see him flourishing in this system. It's probably going to take time and reps, but he has the athleticism to do it. They certainly have the pieces to run the ball a lot better in 2022. And they had multiple power five transfers coming in at wide receiver and tight ends. The defense brings back three or four starters in the secondary that finished 55th in the nation against the pass. If they get any pass rush at all, they could actually be pretty good on that side of the ball. So it just comes down to the schedule. There's only one auto win. It's St. Francis PA, you know, the, the flash is there. Other than Are that. Are you sure about that auto win? I mean, I'm not, I'm not betting my life on that one. The rest, there's certainly auto losses at Michigan State, at Tennessee, home against Central, at Kent, Miami of Ohio at home, at Northern Illinois. So that leaves, in my eyes, five toss-up games. At Liberty, home against Bowling Green, at Ohio, Eastern Michigan at home, at Buffalo. This is a no thanks for me. It could be on a weekly basis if they, you know, still get – you know, priced out the way that they were playing last year and they're catching, you know, 38 and a half points and stuff like that. I think they could have a little punch on offense and maybe they don't give up all the explosive plays on defense, but that's as much optimism as I can squeeze out of this stone. What do you think, Stucky? At Liberty, you have as a toss up game, by the way. Um, that's pretty generous. It, isn't it Brewers? Charlie um, Brewers, the quarterback at Liberty. So I'll make that a toss up. I mean, I don't be three touchdown underdogs. Yeah. I mean, here's the most Mac take of all time like i love the morehead signing they're actually gonna have a real offense i love what he did in the transfer portal they're also really experienced they're bringing 16 they have 16 returning starters but they might start 13 transfers um a lot of power five transfers so high variance could it, if everything goes right and it all comes together who knows again it's the mac 50 to 1 central michigan no one gave them the shot a couple years ago they win it so i can't i don't see three wins on the schedule but 
if you want to throw, if you find a hundred to one out there and you want to have fun just for like couch change. <laughs> so yeah, I can't find three wins, but maybe bet them to win the Mac because this division and who knows everything would have to go right. I love the Moorhead signing, you know, you got Bowling Green to start conference play at home. You win that game and who knows? And you win the division all of a sudden this division kidding partially yeah if you want to throw a dart just for shits and giggles on akron and you're betting on everything coming together and then this this division just being the clusterfuck that it is sure why not but uh i project them 2.6 so okay i show a little value in the over not enough to bet it but i just don't see three wins like i can't i can't feel confident in it and it's not enough edge to bet the over but 100 to 1 yeah you heard it here first, everybody. Hashtag fear the ruse. Stucky's in on them winning the Mac at 100 to 1. Ionello, can you even play the over two and a half? Forget about the, the conference. I definitely can't play the conference. Absolutely, I'm playing over two and a half. And I'll, I'll be the first to admit, okay, maybe I'm biased because Joe Moorhead is responsible for the happiest day of my life other than my wedding. I guess now that I'm married, I have to say my wedding day. So the second happiest day of my life, 2016 Big Ten title game. I love this signing. I think Joe Moorhead is a phenomenal coach, and I do think he's going to turn this program around. Three wins, you mentioned it. St. Francis, that's a win. They beat Bowling Green like three or four years in a row. I hate Bowling Green. I'm giving that a win, and then they just got to win one other game. You mentioned it. Eastern Michigan at home, you know, at Buffalo. I, you know, the MAC is – they could beat Northern Illinois. Like, the MAC is so weird that you never really know what's going to happen. And they, you mentioned DJ Irons, mobile, 6'6", 215. You know, he's huge. I, I'll actually be honest. I would be all over this over if Zach Gibson was still there because I loved him. I thought he looked really, really good throwing the ball. Him transferring was a huge bummer for me. But, you know, Joe Moray, when he had Trace McSorley, another mobile quarterback, you saw his offense absolutely flourished. They return all five offensive blind stars. They return their top three running backs. They add Kim Wiley from Minnesota. They were, they um, they lose Mumfield, but they basically swap him out for Shaki Jacqui, who is maybe the most fun name to say in college football, I would say. And you mentioned what Moorhead's done in the transfer portal. They had a running back from Minnesota. They had a wide receiver from LSU, wide receiver from Pitt, tight end from West Virginia, safety from West Virginia, cornerback from Mississippi State, a DN from Syracuse, DN from Mississippi State. So they've added so many Power Five pieces to plug in. And, and sure, you know, you, you you think it might take them a while to gel, but I think they can get to three wins because I'm giving them St. Francis. I'm giving them Bowling Green. And then I got to get one more win. And I just trust Joe Moorhead enough to improve this offense and figure it out. So give me the zips over two and a half. You're saying, you're saying Acker can win all these games. And you're saying the upside. Take the 100 to 1 with all the Moorhead love. You're just giving them a win at Northern Illinois, Bowling Green. You said they could win them all. And you won't take a flyer on the 100 to 1? Fine. Just, fine, fine. J- just fine. hop in. Do. Just hop into the kangaroo pouch. Get on this bandwagon and let's go. Like I don't know what the I'm problem in. is. I know. Zip it okay. up, baby. Hundred to one. Jomo, baby. Okay. There we go. Now it's time for a quick lightning round to wrap this up. Your favorite win total and your pick to actually win the conference. It could be Akron if you want it to be. I'm going to go simply because I really like what they potentially could have on offense. It's Eastern Michigan over five and a half on their win total. I think Powell finally found finds a home. Wide receivers, like I said, are great. Hassan Badoon is my guy, my favorite player. And they brought in so many G5 and P5 transfers in the mix on defense. I think they are not going to finish anywhere close to their 123rd ranking projection SP plus on that side of the ball. So go over on the Eagles. And then I like Kent State. It may require an anonymous phone call to say, if you're going to kick off 
and not make it to the 25, just do an onside kick every single time. Let's get 10% of those and count them as turnovers. So I'm going to go Kent State 9, 10 to 1 to win the conference, depending at which book you book it at. I'm on the Golden Flashes. How about you, Ionello? Yeah, I also like the Eastern Michigan over. I like the Toledo over, but I assume Saki's going to take that. So yeah, I'll go with I'll go with Akron over two and a half for my favorite over. Screw it. Let's go with the zips. I don't have really any futures. I think, you know, it sounds boring, but Toledo plus 380. I'll go with the chalk. I just, I think this is the year. I was on them last year and they kind of disappointed me. So when you bet a team and then they don't win, they almost always come back to win it the following year. So I'll just double down it and I'll take Toledo. Plus 380 is not a bad number for the favorite. All right, Stuck, you had a lot of spicy takes. You gave us a mountain of special teams information. Does that factor into your favorite plays here? Uh, well, yeah, with Western Michigan, of course, the special teams are going to be awful. It's always with all the losses on the offense, offensive line, LB, Sky, Moore, new coordinator, and the defense losing what they lost in the secondary at defensive end. Um, I think it's going to be a long year for Western Michigan. Struggle to get the bowl eligibility. Cannot see seven wins on the horizon. So love that under. And then Toledo over, as I mentioned before, have them as double digit favorites in eight games, over eight. Just take care of business in those eight. You're at a big positive regression candidate with penalties, fourth down conversions, close games, your own five and one possession games last year. Defense should be loaded. Daquan Finn has the reins of the offense. Um, I think Toledo, who I have favored in 11 games, gets the nine or 10 wins with ease. And uh, my pick to win the MAC, let's get crazy as always. Ohio Bobcats, baby. All right. That is it for the group of five deep dive under the big bets on campus banner. I'm Mike Calabrese. Thank you to Stucky for joining us and carrying us through the final group of five conference preview. So we've hit all the way from the Sun Belt to the Mac Mountain West AAC Conference USA. We've done it all. Please check it out in your podcast feeds. Mike Ionello couldn't do it without you. Really looking forward to getting into week zero chatter. But before then, we're going to go through so many conferences at the Power Five level, and that's bringing the big guns, Stucky, Colin Wilson, Brett McMurphy. It's going to be a buffet of college football preseason preview content. Thank you so much for listening. And as always, tell a friend, tell an enemy, subscribe, like, do all those good things. They always help. Appreciate everybody.